So my guest today is Emma BF. She's a leadership and career coach, but her whole thing is how to be a leader in your own style. And for her, her style is very much rooted in having fun and laughing and like getting shit done, but also having fun while you're doing it. So she is speaking my love language. You know, we say that in order to get to senior levels of leadership, you have to have years of experience. You have to have an MBA. You have to have all these things. And it's like, then when you finally get in there, you kind of look around, you're like, is this really what it's about? Welcome back to the Just for Life podcast. It's Katie, your host and favorite podcaster ever. I'm back with another interview episode. And it's a funny one, right? It's an awesome one, but it was so funny. So my guest today is Emma BF. She's a leadership and career coach, but her whole thing is how to be a leader in your own style. And for her, her style is very much rooted in having fun and laughing and like getting shit done, but also having fun while you're doing it. So she is speaking my love language. And we had such a good time with this episode. So if you're new, welcome. If you're one of my Old school homies, thank you so much for continuing to support the podcast. You guys know it means the world to me. And I am so excited to be back with this episode. It's just a really, really good one. We talked about so many good things. And it's my first episode coming back from vacation. I'm actually recording this intro after the vacation. The pod itself interview was a couple weeks before the vacation, so her and I are going to be going live this week when the episode drops on Instagram on Wednesday. She's actually celebrating her birthday in California, but she's going to come on live with me, and we're going to chat it up and just continue that conversation. So if you love this episode, make sure you check us out Wednesday. I believe it's noon Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be live on Instagram chatting it up. And I want to go a little bit deeper with her on some of the things that we talked about and do it live. So if anybody wants to join in and throw your questions in there, feel free. But we touched on so many good things in this episode that like, I'm so fucking excited for it. So like we talked about how to create your badass list to identify your superpowers. And I love it so much because I've talked about before your ta-da list, but I really like the word badass better. <laughs> the energy just matches me better. So um, tune in for that. It's a really good trick that she uses with her um, ladies that she's coaching. All women that she coaches are women who are male-dominated industries, right? And a lot of us can relate to that. I know that my most of my fucking career was in a male-dominated industry. And it's different for women and how we show up in there. So we talk about that, all the things we learned around leadership, how to show up as a woman, what it means, how we can create our own leadership style. And it doesn't have to be like what we've seen in the past. We also talk about why women need networks of other strong women. Because when you've worked in a male-dominated um, industry in the past, that's a really weird dynamic and it gets really interesting. And we talk about that. I tell you, you guys know, again, if you've been following along on the podcast, I will say it once. I will say it again. I have the chills. Community is king. If it wasn't for the ladies I had behind me, I would not be on this podcast today at episode 124 talking to you running my own business. I would have went back out and got another job after I was laid off from my old job and God knows what I would be doing, but I would not be living like my fucking best life. And it really is. And that's all because of the women that I have behind me, like cheering me on every step of the way. So we talk about how to create networks, how to get out there, how to meet people, things like that. We talk about the word imposter syndrome. And I talked about this on Instagram the day after her and I, or the day her and I recorded this. She talks about where the term originated from and the history behind it. If you don't listen to this episode for anything else, you just need to know the history of this word. There's so much... I can't, I have the biggest chills right now. There's so many things that we just take at face value without asking 
questions on. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it every day where we just take things as fact without ever thinking or looking more deep into it because someone we, we know uses it or says it and we run with it. And it's so interesting when you peel it back, which I'm realizing that's all life is. It's a fucking unlearning or learning. That's it. It's all the game is. So have fun with it. And we talk about that and it really blew my mind a little bit. So we talked about the term imposter syndrome, how it originated and how we can use more empowering language and other things that we can do to overcome it. But for the record, I did get on my feminine soapbox a little bit with this one. So the word imposter syndrome is no longer part of my vocabulary. So tune in to check that one out. And of course, we talked about clothes and what clothes Emma wears um, to show up and be, be this fearless leader and to teach other women how to step up and be the leaders that they are. And really, we talked about male-dominated industries, but really, and we both said this on the podcast, the things that we talked about was really any time you're showing up in your life. Because as women, we really are the leaders of our lives. We're the leaders of our families, the leaders of our children, the leaders in our careers and our businesses, whatever. We really are the fucking leaders and no one will ever make me think different. So no matter where you are, whether you're running a business, whether you're wherever you're working, female or male dominated, a lot of these tips, all of these tips are applicable and will make you feel so much better about yourself and so much better about being yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Uh, we talked about what resources she uses, how she teaches her ladies, and really just her whole story from being in tech and speaking on stages to getting to this space. And I was really excited about this interview because this is one of the first interviews I've done where this person wasn't really closely tied to my existing community. I'd actually met her through someone else that I was talking to and having coffee with one day. And we just like immediately hit it off. And our relationship is just proof of like how we can really use the women in our communities to make us stronger. Like before we even decided to do the podcast episode, we were just kind of chatting and we were giving each other feedback on stuff. And we both are really good at two different things and um, the projects that we were giving each other feedback on. And she was like, oh my God, do you see how powerful this is? And I was like, it's so powerful and so special. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. She's hilarious. I had such a good time like fucking off and talking about serious things at the same time. It was the perfect balance of that. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, of course, you know, I asked her what her favorite books were in addition to, so she dropped some of her favorite books at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. If you're looking for new book inspo, you guys know I'm always reading like so many books and like churning through so fast. So I love to get recommendations from women that I admire and yeah, it's a great episode. And can you believe it's August? And stay tuned because I have some fun things coming for you. Before I went on vacation, I put some things in place, really big, scary actions on my part. I've got some help in the business, and I'm so excited to up-level this fall and bring you guys like the next level of my business and where it's going and next level support and so many fun things and ideas and so much freaking value as we head into the fall. I'm not going to say that fall is one of my favorite seasons because it's definitely like number three because summer is number one, spring is number two, but I love September. I love the energy that September brings with the new year energy for me. September has always been the new year, not January. Um, and I really think it's because the school year and the calendar year. And for us, September is when our school lines up. I know some of my friends in Arizona, their kids, by the time they hear this, have been in school for like a week. But for us, that's usually when our kids go back to school. So it really has this new vibe and this new energy around it. And I cannot wait to step into that and bring you guys so many cool new things from the podcast, from styling. And I have some really fun ideas for emails that you're going to love. They're going to be so much fun. Um, so make sure you sign up for emails on my website at katiejuststyle.com. And let's do this. And if you're looking for more fun inspiration or to connect, catch up with me on the gram, Katie Allen Stylist. I love hanging out there and chatting and DMs with all my girlfriends. So 
hit me up. Enjoy this episode. Make sure you check out Emma. Make sure you check us out on Wednesday, noon Eastern time to go live if you want to get clarity on your badass list, how to identify your superpowers, how to network with other women, how to stop using the word imposter syndrome, how to move through your fear, how to be yourself, and how to fucking have fun while doing all of those things. Check us out. I hope you enjoy the episode and I will see you on the other side. Bye. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so, so, so excited to be here today. You guys know I love my interviews. I love connecting with other women who are powerhouses. Nothing brings me more joy than supporting other women and sharing other women's stories with you guys. So today I have my friend Emma BF on the show. She's going to tell you her last name in a second, but she is a leadership and career coach. And we actually met through a mutual friend. And that is what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about being a leader as a woman, stepping into your power, battling imposter syndrome, and how important it is for us to create communities and have powerful networks of other women I have the chills right now. I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you so much, Emma, for being here today. Thank you so much, Katie. I am pumped to be here with you. Ah, So um, let's go. Let's start with your last name. So I was just like, Emma, I don't. (laughs) What's the BF? Like, I'll call you. You can be my BF. (laughs) We can be BFF all day. I don't know anyone who's not really a friend. But um. Just tell us a little bit more about yourself and let's jump into your story and then we'll just go. Yeah, that sounds great. Yes, I am known as Emma BF. My full last name is Bloxburg Fire Ovid. (laughs) Very long last name. I was even before I got married. My husband has two last names as well. And so we just decided like you know what? We don't need four last names right now. So we'll just keep those names separate. Um, and growing up, hilariously, two of my best friends were also named Emma. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. And so we all had to have nicknames. And so I've been Emma BF my whole life. And you're right. It's, you can think of me as your best friend. I used to actually be a camp counselor. And so all of the seven-year-old girls would chuckle and they'd go, Emma boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I immediately went to best friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kiddos will go one way or the other. I feel like it depends on the age. Um, but yeah, so really my story kind of begins when I was a camp counselor. I worked at a drama camp. And it was funny because the age that you were supposed to be hired at was, I think, 15 at the time. But I was 13 and needed to get a job so that I could... I like really wanted to make money to be able to do my own thing, you know, buy my own disc man. You know, it was a whole situation. <laughs> um, and I remember being below the like age that I was allowed to be a paid staff member. And I remember going to our camp director at the time and basically pitching why I should be a paid staff member. And at the time I was a a dancer and I was like, listen, I know you don't have choreographer on staff. I know it's a gap for you right now. I want you to know that I can come in and be that person for you for this camp. I had been there as a camper and he said, yes. And I feel like that was, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was actually kind of the first time where I learned how to advocate for myself, how to skip the line, how to break the rules, because there was something that I wanted. I positioned why I was a good fit for it. And even at 13, I was starting to learn how to finagle the world. Um, And I was a camp counselor for many years. After college, I went into the nonprofit sector in Washington, D.C., where I lived and met my husband. Um, And I rose into leadership very quickly in the nonprofit sector. In my 20s, I was a senior leader at this organization where I was the only woman and junior by about 20 years. Wow. And... I remember going into that first senior leadership meeting. I, I know you come, you came from the corporate world as well. Do you remember having those executive team meetings where like the door would close? Oh, yes. <laughs> and like everyone sitting outside of the door would look at and be like, I wonder what they're talking about. Yes. 
And I remember for me, when I when I joined leadership team and I went into my first senior meeting, I was like a new, new kid at school. I was like, here we go. I get to be on the other side of the door. I cannot wait to see what happens here. <laughs> and I remember us sitting down and we spent most of the meeting creating a project tracker in Excel to help manage the CEO's priorities. I'm just nodding like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting there being like, this is it? <laughs> I'm confused. Like, this whole aura, this whole, it felt like I was in the Wizard of Oz. It's like I had stepped into this senior position what I had been really working towards, what people had told me was going to really be the pinnacle of the career. And I get in there and I'm like, this is not it. And I remember recently, I, Michelle Obama is one of my idols and, and I just love everything that she talks about. Yes, Katie. And the way she dresses. (laughs) Amazing. So true. Um, And I remember she has this quote about, you know, when you finally get into the room, you learn that, not everyone is that smart. And that's one of these things that specifically now that I work with women who are stepping into their leadership and owning their power, I talk about that experience. It was a big demystification moment for me of, you know, we say that in order to get to senior levels of leadership, you have to have a decade of years of experience. You have to have an MBA, you have to have all these things. And it's like, then when you finally get in there, you kind of look around, you're like, is this why, is this really what it's about? Mm-hmm. And really that was a big moment in my career and in my life when I really saw like, you know what? Leadership is whatever you make of it. And I decided to start doing leadership my own way. And that looked like having celebration parties when we launched a new product. It looked like me actually leaving the nonprofit sector and moving into technology because I learned that I actually loved tech and I loved logic and I loved organizing and building systems. And so I actually moved into tech, became a tech consultant and started speaking at different conferences in tech, speaking specifically to women who are just like my heart and soul are connected to so many of these women who are really, they see the potential for what leadership can do in tech. They see the potential for what they can create in their life and the impact that they want to bring to this world. And oftentimes it's the smallest things that are getting in their way. Yes. It's it's not believing in themselves. It's questioning what they're going to say. It's being afraid to take a risk. It's all of these little things. And so I started speaking at conferences about these topics And I got to a point, it was actually in 2019, where I gave a big presentation at the largest technology conference in the world. And I came down and my good friend came up to me. She goes, you will never do that for free again. (laughs) Facts. I'm like, what do you mean? People get paid to do that? (laughs) Didn't know that. And that really started my path down towards entrepreneurship and ended up me launching my business in the, during the pandemic at the end of 2020. Um, And now I'm a full-time leadership and career coach and speaker and trainer for women in tech, for women in STEM, and for women who are really stepping into their next level of leadership. That is so amazing. And there's so many good things that you mentioned in there. Some of them speak really directly to my heart, (laughs) like being behind the door. Um, But what I really want to start back with a little bit, which I think is so funny, which is so great, is your memory of like seeing this opportunity at the camp. And I just have to know, did you use the word gap though? Like, hey, you have this gap in your business and I can fill it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I understood the word gap outside of the clothing store. (laughs) No, but it's I really think I fun. Said, I know you need. I, I think know I said you need. Something like that. No, that's great. But you know what's really funny is I was reading a book today about challenging yourself to like really step outside of the comfort zone, and it was like everybody's motivation is so different, and if you can just 
find yours and like hone in on it and not worry about what anyone else's is. And like for you, it was that Discman Walkman. You're like, I need this. I will do it. I will get uncomfortable for this. Like, because that's how much it means to me. So whether it's that or like not washing dishes ever again in your life, like what are those things that you are willing to get uncomfortable with? But to know yourself so well, I think is the key there. And then let's talk a little bit more about leadership your way and what that means for you. My internet cut out. Yeah, so where I start with each of my clients is getting clear on their vision for their life. And vision is actually a key leadership skill that research shows men receive training on how to effectively communicate vision where women do not. And so not only is it a powerful tool to help my clients and women get super clear on what kind of life they want, how they want to be remembered, and what is their, what type of leadership styles do they envy in other people? We start there, but also in that process, they actually practice communicating that vision first to themselves. And then in my group program, they practice communicating it with each other. And then we actually have a stretch assignment where they actually go out into the world and communicate their vision with someone else in their life. Oh, that is so good. It's so fun. Can we go back a minute? So you said men aren't as naturally adept at doing this as women. Can you break that down for me a little bit? Because, well, it's interesting. And I'd like to just use that as jokes at home. <laughs> well, it's, it's so what it is, is that men actually receive more training on Got how it. to effectively communicate vision. Got it. And so, yeah, it's interesting because the research shows this comes from Harvard Business Review that women outshine men in all leadership areas except for one thing and that is vision got it so it's a leadership skill gap it's also something that in my experience we do not create time for yeah is envisioning our lives and and maybe we envision it you know i've heard you on the podcast talk about vision boards before and i know you're into manifestation work and it's coupling that with your leadership identity. Oh, I love so that so including, much. Including that in there. And, you know, even from a style perspective, like asking women to really tap into what does this version of you in your leadership and your power, like what does she look like? Yes. What does this inner badass look like? So yes. that they can step outside of what they see as traditional leadership, which in, And tech, in particular, is still very much a bro culture. Yeah, it's still very male dominant, and so it's it's sometimes a stretch to be like, oh, right, okay, that's their version of leadership. But what is my innate version of leadership, and what do I want to give permission for other people to do as well? That's so powerful, and I'd love to like just pick that apart for just a second because. I literally had this aha moment recently, like this year after 2020. So a 2021 aha moment where I found myself telling my husband, I was like, I was so worried about proving to those guys that I could be a guy and that I could travel as much as they could travel and I could do all the things that they could do. And like acting like I didn't care about my kids, acting like I didn't miss my kids because I had to be so fucking masculine to feel like I fit in. And I just like, I grieved that myself, my old self, and that she felt mm. like that. And I had to like, l- I had to like give myself permission to let that go and to not carry the shame or the guilt that I had around that. And to be like, oh, Katie, it's okay. You just didn't know better. And like to hold space for like allowing myself to know better because I didn't have the examples. I didn't mm. have other women in my life who were showing me that there was a different way or that you could show up and like, I could still do these things or not do them if I didn't want to, because my kid did have a play at school and that's just as important as making money or proving my worth, quote unquote. How do you, does that come up for other women? Is that part of the support? (laughs) You're like, yes, dummy. (laughs) Well, it's not even that. It's literally that example you just said of, of feeling like you have to travel to meet these expectations. I literally just got a message from a client who said, since we're coming back from pandemic life, she is 
being asked to travel every two weeks Mm -hmm. and she has two young kids at home. And she's like, I got to have a conversation with my manager about it. Um, And it's interesting because she's been getting consistent feedback that she's not in her verbal communication being as direct Mm. as her manager wants her to be. Mm. And we've spent time unpacking that and teasing it apart to say, okay, well, his definition of direct Yes, is going to mean one thing, but that does not mean that your version of direct has to meet him there. And that's the other piece. I mean, you nailed it when it talks about feeling like we have to prove our worth. Yeah, and there was actually this this recent research study that pulled um, women in tech, and it's interesting because seventy eight percent of them feel like they have to work harder than their coworkers to prove their worth. Oh, for sure. And we talk about, okay, maybe it's not even proving your worth, but actually unpacking the legitimate systems of oppression. Yes. That are baked into our society and specifically baked into tech that affects women, people of color, LGBTQ plus community, disabled community. I mean, all of these groups of people that were have not been a part of these leadership conversations mm-hmm. that are actually leaving in masses these yep. different industries. And I know you see that and you talk through with people. I mean, it's 50% of young women want to leave tech by the age of 35 because they do not feel like they can be themselves at work. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I think that, like, I wasn't in tech. I really think that's for any industry that's still heavily male-dominated because you don't have enough role models. And then if you don't have role models in your personal life to show you that there is a different way, then where do you go? And then you find yourself, and it's funny that you said 35 because it's definitely, like, I just turned 40, and 35 was definitely the beginning of the end for me. So, like, when I... Like, that's when I hit the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? Um, Because you're also, like, you're hitting a point where maybe you've had enough kids, but now you're definitely at a certain level in your career, usually, by that point. And that's when I started, quote-unquote, crying on the closet floor. Like, I tell this story Mm. all the time. It's like, that's where all the—that, I mean— In hindsight, that's where the magic started, right? And the closet is still a very sacred place for me. Um, But yeah, that's so amazing. And this is why I love having a podcast. Because you can share this stuff. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit more about everything that comes with that. So the first thing that comes to my mind with that, and like using the words like proving your worth, which I absolutely am still unpacking to this day, is um, like imposter syndrome. And being underpaid as a society for women, I mean, in our society for so many years. And just like, how do you help women get there? Like, what's like the one simple thing that someone could implement today are just like, fix us, Emma. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I'm gonna be like, you don't need fixing. Number one, that's part of the problem. You actually feel like you need to be fixed literally. I am not worthy. You are right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'd love to just spend one minute actually unpacking that word because I think it really helps. Again, I'm in the, I'm in the, the business of demystifying the BS. Yes. I like, and like, let's demystify imposter syndrome because something that I learned and did not know is that imposter syndrome was actually a word created in the 1960s by researchers to help give a term to why women like felt sad at work. Mm -hmm. So here's this term that psychologists literally created to define, like give women a quote disease Mm -hmm. instead of for not feeling right. And not feel like they could actually be themselves at work. And imposter syndrome is really this at its core is doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Mm. And this term has put so much blame from my perspective, put so much blame on the individual without accounting for the historical and the cultural context that are foundational to how this shows up in the world. And whenever I talk about imposter syndrome, like that's the first thing I talk about. And I ask the question, have you ever been to a women's conference that did not have a session on imposter syndrome? 
Mm. And everyone's like, oh my God, I think every conference I have been to, and this includes me, that's focused on women has included a session on imposter syndrome. And then I asked, like, have you ever gone to a non, like a male conference where imposter syndrome exists? No. Because again, it's this box. It's like, if you're a woman, you have to experience imposter syndrome. I actually don't think that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're feeling like a fraud, I mean, really there's, it's imposter syndrome for me is a form of fear. Mm -hmm. It's that inner voice, right? It's saying, stay where you are. You don't belong. You're not worthy. And so when you talk about what are, what's a a quick tool and I'll, I'll introduce two to your, to your listeners out there. The first one is whenever something is identified as a fear, that is an interpretation that you can flip. Mm. So if we're connecting in our brains, imposter syndrome with fear, because I get it. Like when I felt like an imposter as that senior leader, as the only woman and the youngest by 20 years, like I was totally afraid to be myself. I was afraid to be goofy. I was afraid to call things out. And so I was associating the fear with the imposter syndrome and, and giving it value. And so I flipped that on the head and to say, okay, what if imposter syndrome or what if this fear is actually indicating to me that I am growing, that I am stretching beyond anything I have ever done before, and I'm actually ready for something bigger? Okay. So if that's true, when I'm in this meeting or I'm in a conversation with someone and I want to speak what's on my heart, I feel like I have a perspective to share. I want to be myself. When that fear comes up, I can ask myself, okay, am I actually going to allow fear to be present in this moment? Or am I going to choose to say, you know what? I'm probably scared right now because I'm about to do something I've never done before. And that means that I'm stretching and that means that I'm growing, which means I'm about to level up in ways I cannot even see. And that's the first, that's the first thing is, is shifting your relationship with fear, shifting your understanding of what imposter syndrome is. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing, and this is an activity I do with my clients, with my groups is defining your badassery. Because I want you to know that you are a badass. And I use this very simple tool called a badass list. Oh, I love where you, it. you literally write down your top five badass moments in your life. And it really asks you to reflect on it could be an accomplishment. It could be a really hard time in your life that you made it through. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be those small, it could be a small moment. And you identify those badass moments. And then for each badass moment, you identify the skill or superpower that you used in that moment. Oh, that's so good. I'm taking notes. Take it. So for example, like I, um, when I was a kid, I was really bad at a lot of traditional sports. I grew up in Baltimore. All the cool kids played lacrosse and field hockey and soccer. Guess what? Emma sucked in all those sports. <laughs> I love it. But I was really good at a sport called jump roping. Hey. And I actually joined a jump rope team in middle school. And in high school, I actually founded a jump rope camp with a few of my girlfriends. That's amazing. So to me, that was a badass moment. I like didn't even think about it until I got into coaching and started doing some of this inner work myself. I was like, wow, that was pretty wild that I founded a jump rope camp at age 15 for girls. Yes. So that's my badass moment. And then the skill or superpower is that like I was innovative. Yes. I took risk and I stood in my leadership. I was going to say leadership already. Wild, right? And so it, when we're talking about imposter syndrome, it's like, okay, these are the... These are the expectations for how I am supposed to live in this world and be at work, but to actually create your own definition of leadership based on things that you have already done. Because your gifts, your superpowers, what makes you a badass is within you. And so let's just reflect on a few of those incredible moments where you felt proud, where you felt amazing, where you felt on fire, where you felt yourself and let's just name what that was 
and name those skills and name those superpowers. And that then creates the foundation for how you can begin to lead your own way, for how you can begin to quiet the fear, quiet the imposter syndrome, because now we understand that imposter syndrome was created (laughs) to keep one. Now I've never used it. (laughs) Like get it out of here. These, the other term that I literally want to just burn to the ground is fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah. Fake it. I don't want to fake being me. Yeah. And when I normalize that as the only way to get to the top of whatever the top looks like, it's like, bye-bye, burn you to the ground. Yeah. So those are my two, my two tools really reshaping your relationship with fear, introducing it as an actual, a tool. I could talk about fear is a leadership tool. Yeah. I wouldn't even be here talking to you if there wasn't some level of that. I agree. I never thought about it like that. But you saying it, I'm like, oh, that's so true. You are my BF now, though, Emma, because now we're burning. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're burning imposter syndrome. I'm like, oh, girl, I have a whole nother solo podcast episode coming out of me right now. Okay. I will never use that word again. Superpowers like right here, you know? Girl, I love that so much. And this is why, again, like, meeting other people. And this is why the power of like your network is so amazing because meeting other people and sharing perspectives and like, it's so amazing to be able to evolve and like take in more information and like learn. And what you just said about like, no, I actually looked it up. It's funny. It came up in another book I was reading, but it touched on that. But I I missed the piece about that this was just for women. I say it was actually women researchers, right? That did the research, if I'm correct. I can't remember. I yeah, thought I, I thought I saw that it was two women's names. Maybe I'm wrong because I read a lot. Um, <laughs> but it's so true, though. So, like, okay, so imposter syndrome's gone. It's done. We're gonna flip our fear into our dream life, and that's why I start. I stopped actually saying dream life. I started saying big life, and I use the word big mm-hmm. as much as possible. Because I just feel like everything should be big, right? Like, my personality can be big. That's something I've tried to hide. Like, I can play big. Um, my presence can be big. Like, my bank account can be big. My cl- Anything can be big, and it's okay. And, like, I've really been trying to use that word instead of, like, dream. Because, like, dream sometimes feels like it's not going to come true because it's a dream. Mm. Um, so, I love the language. Thank you so much. Um this is amazing. I don't even know where to go next. I'm like, interview's over. Okay. <laughs> no more imposter syndrome. We're done here, ladies. That was the gift of the century. I love it. Well, can I piggyback off something that you just said real quick? Yes. I think it's, I love that distinction of dream versus big. And I think that that brings up something where whatever the adjective is, it, what I kept hearing you say is my, yeah, my bank account, my life, my career. Like all of those things, I think again is a lot of the women I work with are introverts and very caring, nurturing people. And whenever you're in an environment where that that personality type is not incentivized, right? Because especially depending on where you're at, sometimes the incentivized personalities are the big extroverted, I'm in front of people, I'm speaking my mind, all this stuff that it's like, they're, what they're looking to create in their life is not the big life, but maybe for them, it's, uh, I want quiet and I want peace (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I want like, I want slow. I mean, if we were talking about an act of revolution, it's like wanting and committing to a slow life. And so I love that for you, your life is big and it's exciting and it's, it's fun. And it's, I mean, those, I can hear it in your tone of voice. Those are your values. That's what you care about. And in order for us to collectively shift the way we talk about leadership and how to lead our own way, we get to be okay with all of those different versions existing in our in our same collective consciousness that some people you know i i love the the visioning exercise one woman i work with who is kind of on the leadership track in tech and we did the visioning exercise and she was like i think i live in nature 
And that's all I do is live in nature. Like, I don't even know if I'm working. It's like, amazing. Amazing. That's your life. That's what you want. That's what you value. And as your coach, like I am here to support you and hold you accountable to that life and not like let all of the other things, expectations or stories about what your life needs to look like get in the way of that. That is so good. Thank you for clarifying that. And it's so, and I love what you said about the collective energy about everybody. And it's funny because for me, my wound is all everyone always telling me I was too big. So for me, it's to be big. But then I hear you talk about the person, the introvert. So my business best friend, my biz, F, what is it, biz bestie? She is the one that's like, for me, can I have a quiet life? And I'm attracted to people like that too, right? Because I think there's that yin and that yang energy where we keep each other balanced a little bit. Um, when I get too big, she's like, Katie, you need a day off. And then when she gets too slow, I'm like, okay, you actually have to work. <laughs> I mean, like, you do you want to yeah. run a business? You have to show up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like what you talk about with cycle syncing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like we are we are all of it. Yes. Oh, I love that so, so much. I love that so much. So I have a question for you. Speaking of that. So another place I'd love to know um, if this comes up for you. And you mentioned this earlier, and I think you'll identify with this is for me, the fun, the one thing I felt that leadership lacked the most for me and where I really struggled. And maybe this is what I meant by big a little bit too, was fun. Like I wasn't allowed to be taken seriously and be funny. I wasn't allowed to like things weren't allowed to be easy for you because that meant that you weren't doing your job enough. But for me, I was like, I love to make jokes and use different voices and like to just be silly and to just be goofy because that's actually how I get things done. And that's actually how I get into flow. And that's when I have my big breakthrough ideas. And I feel like that's fun, funny, whatever is just not, uh, as a, we just haven't given it the respect for lack of a better word. Um, that it de- that it deserves. How do you? Because I feel like that's got to be a cornerstone of your leadership style. How do you manage that? How do you get there? I show the value of it, and I show the results that I create when being in that space. Hmm. That's good. So I hear you talking about you have those big breakthroughs when you're having fun. And I'm the same way. Like I'm a dancer through and through. I love hip hop music. I have for most of my life growing up in Baltimore and a lot of my like content, like every Friday, like I literally just dance and I do a TikTok with me dancing with my client wins. That's awesome. And it's, it's modeling the behavior. Mm-hmm. It's showing that I can be fun and joyful and make jokes and, that's one of the reasons why I was so successful in my corporate role is I bring a lot of humor to the relationships that I build. And I know that is why partially why people and like love me and I love them is because actually with fun and humor, we get to that core essence of human connection, Yes, which yes. hilariously is the foundation for success in business and in other relationships. I mean, Dale Carnegie's old time, how to make friends and influence people is about connection. Mm-hmm. It's about not making people right or wrong. And to me, that's the essence of fun. It's playfulness, it's openness, it's curiosity, it's inspiration. It's like, <gasps> we're whole people. <laughs> He's crazy. And Fun, I think one of the things I think about often, and this is actually a quote from Brene Brown, is that joy is the most vulnerable emotion. It is. Mm -hmm. And I think that plays a part with fun is that if by, by bringing fun to the workplace or by bringing fun into relationships or business conversations, Mm -hmm. yeah, like it's, it's a vulnerable experience. And if we haven't strengthened that muscle of vulnerability, we haven't practiced it, we don't feel safe doing it, then fun isn't going to happen because that core skill, ability, practice, and trust in this emotion of vulnerability in that human connection, like it is not going to manifest as fun because we're beneath the surface that that vulnerability and 
allowing other people to truly see you see me for who I am as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it matters. Oh, so good. You are after my heart this morning for sure. Hmm. So you touched on one thing I would really like to get into before we wrap up is connections and networks and what that means for women and why it is so important. And I think that's another thing of the, um, God, I really don't want to be on my feminist soapbox, but that's another big part of the divide and conquer piece. That's another big part of cattiness in the workplace. That's another part of like, oh, I can only be the only woman in the room because it's part of that the subconscious oppression of like, oh, if there's another woman, are there two women allowed to be at the table? And then that can go on depending on whatever form of oppression you're dealing with. But there's so much power in networking. And that's just something, it's so life-changing. So I would love to talk for a minute about just like in general, your thoughts around networking and if there's somebody listening today and they're like, that's great, I just wouldn't even know where to begin to like build my female, like woman backed mm. network. I think there's a place for both. There's definitely a place for like just networks. And then I think there's a place for this community of women, whatever, you're, whether it's you're in corporate and you need that network, whether you're a small business owner and you need that network. I just think it's so, so important. And I think that's at the core for most women and a lot of us haven't experienced that and may or we've experienced it in really small numbers but not Mm -hmm. on a field of like the first time I was in a community with 50 plus women and I would throw up a question and I'd get like I'm like holy crap like you know these 15 women just want to help me just because like wow because then that also kicks up our ability to receive too which I think is piece of this a little bit ask for what you need receive all of it like I've just thrown out five different podcast episodes to you, but let's go back to how do you view networking and connection for women? And then if someone's like, oh my God, how do I even begin? That feels really overwhelmed or I don't know anyone or I feel so alone because I feel like a lot of time as women, we're around tons of people, but we actually feel really isolated. Yeah. And after the last year and a half, it's even more so. Exactly. I will only speak to my experience that my community, my squads have been the biggest difference in my success. And I do not want to say that you have to have a community to be successful. Because sometimes I actually see that there's a lot of shaming out there going on, not in this context at all, but it's like, you got to network with this many people per year. Otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. It's like, you talk about this a lot on the podcast. Like there's no one way to do it. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the research and we look at the data and we look at these life experiences, human connection, authentic connection for women-only groups has shown to improve how women feel, how they interact in the workplace. And honestly, how you feel, I feel like is the most important piece, right? (laughs) I mean, that's my whole business foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for women who are the only ones in the room and are feeling alone out there, I want you to know that you are not alone. But in truth, there are other women out there who are looking for you right now. Because it... (laughs) People try to keep us separate from each other to keep us in our boxes. And I'm not realizing it until right now that I believe that is another form of a system of oppression is to keep people separate from each other so that they do not share experiences, so that they do not talk about what is hard, so that they do not share information with each other to rise up. Yeah, don't share resources. Yeah, and when we talk about how are we going to shape the collective consciousness and how are we going to truly demand for gender equity we're going to demand for pay equity we're going to demand for a new way that we can live our lives community is the core of it 
I agree. And my group programs that I run, there are no more than five or six women per cohort intentionally. And at the end of every three months, the biggest takeaway they have is that I feel connected. And I have a squad that is outside of my work Mm -hmm. who see me for who I truly am. And oftentimes that's the biggest difference for people. It's not actually about how to quote, have a more effective conversation or how to more effectively negotiate your salary, which like are critical skills, but the foundation of it is connection. The foundation of it is being seen, heard and loved for who you truly are. Mm. It's so amazing. And I think that right there is why I had the chills. Like this conversation has been so, so powerful. And I I can never explain how much my community has changed my life. Like that day I lost my job when and I was in a business mastermind without a business. And Mm. it, it was all coming to that moment, right? It's like I knew somewhere some higher version of me knew to get in that mastermind, even though it was months and months ahead before that, that group of women behind me saying, Katie, this is your opportunity. Not one single one of them. And I was so mad in the moment. (laughs) Not one single one of them let me wallow in my bullshit and be sad about losing that job. Every single one of them was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to you. You are about to kill it. And if it wasn't for them, like totally standing me up, I would have been right back in another pattern and another re- repeating habits and lifestyles that I truly didn't want. And like that, and I truly believe like that's such a core part of my story because it's, I was living out everyone's biggest fears is you lose the corporate job and you don't, I had no fucking idea. I lost my job in August. I didn't even come up, not come up with the idea. I didn't come back to myself until November. Those were some scary fucking months in between of being in the dark and just being like, I don't know what the business is, husband. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills, husband. But I know in my gut that there's something else out there. You just have to let me figure it out. And without that group of women behind me, like encouraging me every step of the way, I don't think. And of course, his support too. But even to be able to have the conversation with him, I don't think I could have ever done that. And that's why I truly believe that that's part of my story is what I can help other women like share that. So I can just share that and just be like, your community can be amazing. Yes, you can do it by yourself. But I think that there's something so, so powerful about like all the things you were just saying and just like the pause moment that you felt that like, oh, wow, this can be life-changing. Yeah. And that this expectation that even when you're, this is what I see is even women who are in the C-suite level, like my friends who are in high executive levels in leadership, they're often the ones who feel the lack of community the most. Yes. I bet I can understand. And so there's this like, oh my gosh, look at her. She's killing it. All this stuff. And this, this facade that like we have it all together. That in truth, we just, we we still just want to be seen, loved and heard. No matter who you are. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's how many times can I say this in one podcast? That's why I love podcasting. Cause I know that, and I think this goes back to like that vulnerability piece. I know that if I am struggling with something that somebody else is struggling with it, no matter what, like one person in my network and my, that's listening to this podcast is doing it. And like, that's the greatest gift I can give to anybody. And it helps me deal with my fear because <laughs> we won't be using those other words anymore. And it happens all the time. Oh, I love that so much. So many good things. So I want to ask you a couple more questions. And I just, people are like freaking out in their cars right now. They have to be listening to this. You are (laughs) amazing. I love your insight. I appreciate it. I am so glad that we've connected and that we are in each other's lives. So I have one last leadership question for you. And then I have one fun question for you. So Emma, what do you wear that makes you feel like Alita when you are doing those scary things and you are in those moments of stretching and of growing. And I think this, these are the magical moments where we tap into all the things that truly do make us us and self-express. What do you wear to remind yourself that you are the badass that you know you are? 
Mm-hmm. Queen, I love a heavy blazer. A uh, blazer that makes me look like, oh, uh, yes, yes. And with a little weight on it. Yeah. So that I feel grounded. Oh, I love that. It's like, we're good. We're here. Yeah. Standing up taller. We're looking good. I know. And with Zoom, I was like, I could wear that amazingness and then like athletic shorts and, and, and and it's balanced. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's all about the balance. That's the perfect, you know, masculine feminine energy right there. Um, I have to know because, you know, the stylist in me is like going nuts. Like, what color is the blazer? What cut is the blazer? (laughs) Let's just go with color. Is there a color or is it really just all about the heaviness and the fabric? I have two of my go-to blazers. One is like a blue, light blue suede because my eyes are blue. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one is a tan Mm. suede. So So hot Mm -hmm. tip, when you match your shirt to your eyes, you actually appear more friendly and more approachable. What? (laughs) Mind blown. Yep. That's some color psychology that I, uh, when I'm doing, working with my clients and stuff like that, there's so much fun stuff in there. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to invite you in to speak to my group because it's just, they're going to be like, I'm sorry, what is happening? (laughs) There's so much stuff. And that's why I really do see like using your style as a superpower. And I think it's a great antidote to the fear, right? It's a great way to dress yourself up. I do it all the time, all the time when I'm meeting new clients, what uh, podcasting, like whatever it is, I do it all the time. And it's a great way to express your playfulness too. Um, but I love the heavy, the heaviness of it, how it makes you feel grounded. Like that's amazing. And it always goes back to how you want to feel. So thank you for answering my style question. I appreciate it, but it's so connected and it's so important to me. And then my other love, like right runner up besides lipstick and style is books. So I mm. always like to ask my guests, like, what are your top three books? Like they could be your life-changing like self-development books, mind-bending books, like whatever they are, or your favorite beach read. Like enlighten us. What does Emma like to read? I love all personal development books. So right now I'm reading Skip the Line by James Altucher. Altucher? I don't know how you pronounce his name. Um, I reread Dare to Lead by Brene Brown like every other month. Um, And then anything by Jen Sincero. Yes. How to be a badass at making money. She's just hilarious. Um, but I'm also a big like movie person. I'm pretty sure I watch Beyonce's homecoming concert oh. movie once a quarter because it's like my <laughs> review inspiration. So I know it's not a book, but it's just another like you ask what like fills my cup of like that. Them. I was thinking about that the other night before I went to bed and I was like, you know, I'm constantly hearing myself say, oh my God, she's my spirit animal. She's my spirit animal. Like these different people. And I was like, I think I have it narrowed down to like three people. And if these three people were one person, like that's my spirit animal. And Beyonce is definitely. So I'm going to go with Beyonce, Oprah, and Moira from Schitt's Creek. Like if I could get those three people in one body, like that's my spirit animal. Because Moira's given us all the fashion vibes all day. Oprah's Oprah and B is B. Like, I mean, I can dance. I can be a multi-billionaire interviewer because that is my love of podcasting and stuff like that. Yes. And I get to be a fashion queen. Like, I can't come up with a better <laughs> three people. <laughs> That's amazing, which means you are all three of them. And if anybody wants to give me a birthday gift, there you go. <laughs> amazing i love it i mean i'll take dan levy too but i really um love moira's like energy and her outfits and her aloofness sometimes it's just so funny to me so yeah so good i love it do you have any other amazing insights or gems or anything else you want to share with the audience before we let you go and before you let them know how they can find you and what you're up to really just reminding and this is what has come up in this conversation is like you can do things your own way i love that but you got to give yourself permission i was just to say here's your permission slip do it your own way find your community remind yourself who you are and your badassery i love it i love the word badass i love the word badassery it gets me going 
I think I'm going to do, I used to do like my ta-da list at the end of every day. I Thanks to you, I think I'm going to change it to my badass list at the end of every day. <laughs> and I always do a little booty pop when I'm like, yes, I did that. Mm, mm. Yeah, Give girl. yourself a little happy dance. <laughs> you are essentially now my new Emma BF, okay? And it, you're the first person to say booty pop on the podcast, so you get a gold star. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> add, add that to your list today when you're writing down your accomplishments for the day is you've up-leveled the podcast with the booty pop. I am so grateful for you. How can everybody find you and keep up with what you're doing? Because I know their minds have to be blown like mine. Where you at, y'all? Hit me up. I'm on the gram at Emma underscore underscore B underscore F. You can just search Emma BF. I'm also on LinkedIn a lot. And I really do love hearing from you. So I'd love to hear your takeaways, what stood out to you. If you have any questions, I love the DM life. So hit me up. Yay. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Emma. It was amazing. Thanks so much, Katie. This was a blast. Oh,